It's time for another episode of The Hartley Show. Thank you for all the support. I sincerely appreciate it. Let's get right into it. What's up? What's up? Welcome back to another episode of The Hartley Show. It's been a week. Well, two weeks, actually. My guest last week, who was supposed to be on, uh, busy schedules, this and that. Life's, life's been crazy recently. So, yeah, you know, it's just, just the way it rolls. You know, no big deal. It is what it is. But I will let my guest introduce himself this week. I don't really know a lot about him. This is one of the few times where I have on a guest where, you know, it's just kind of like someone some someone who just wants to come on. But, you know, I give those kind of people a lot of credit because it takes balls to just ask, like, someone you don't really know, just being like, hey, can I come on for a podcast episode? And obviously, I, I have anybody on. Considering two weeks ago, I had someone who just literally talked about their sexual life for more than two hours. And, you know, I was cool with it. I sat there. It was pretty funny. But yeah, I'll let him introduce himself. Uh, so uh, my name's Brian. Um, originally from Bend. Uh, now I live in Montana. Um, like basketball, music, anything else? I think we we met through mutual, right? Like Patty. Yeah. So actually, it's a pretty good transition to to start because I feel like this just ha- just has to be brought up. So. We're in a basketball league together from a mutual friend, Patrick McMahon. I'm, yep. you know, we're both students at the University of Oregon. You guys went to high school together. And me yep. and Brian had, I, I guess, an awkward encounter when, uh, maybe maybe not so awkward for you, because I, I think you, you got the, the good luck at the draw in our fantasy basketball league when I ultimately ended up missing the playoffs because of, you know, I'll still call it a, a fake tie that shouldn't have been one, but I mean, You'll you'll take it any day of the week. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I, I go ahead. I was just gonna say it's it still just blows my mind today because I've played fantasy basketball for a long time and just fantasy sports in general. And it's rare that I ever end up in a tie, but it's even more rare that it screws me out of the playoffs as well. This is the first time I've ever actually seen a tie. Like it's shocked me. Like I woke up that morning, I was like. Oh no, I lost. And then I looked and I'm like, thanks to Bobby Portis missing a free throw, it brought me down like well, two points for me to lose. And then for some reason they what took a steal away from one of your players and then just brought us to a tie. And then just since I Yeah, you got screwed for the playoffs. Especially since you probably would have won even like with me basically like giving you Devin Booker in a terrible trade. <laughs> Oh my gosh. I don't yeah. know what I was thinking. Uh, yeah, I, I consider myself a pretty good finesser when, when it comes to trades. But yeah, I guess you could say I kind of kind of got my revenge. But yeah, I just remember I was watching really closely because it was, it was a big game. But it was just a big week. And I remember going to bed winning. Up, I won by one point. I was like, let's go i won by one point and especially because you forgot to set your lineup that day and i'm like this is fantastic huge win i'll take it <laughs> I, I wake up the next morning 
it I they win counted. Like I got an additional Yep. You gotta win in the win column. Yeah, I gotta win in the winning column. I think I either fell back to sleep or I was in class and then someone in the, the group chat goes, You and Brian tied and I'm like, What? <laughs> like this is insane and I was I was out of my <laughs> mind pissed off. I'm like, you have to be serious. And I'm looking in stack correction like for two weeks prior, just I don't know something random, and there was there was like something changed on like a Tuesday, and I'm like, why, why does this happen on, on a Sunday? Like this this doesn't make sense. <laughs> there there's there's nothing anywhere to show that I lose a point to make this a tie, and you know it's funny because I ended up telling Patrick, I'm like, this this will screw me out of the playoffs, and you know I I, I spoke it into existence as. Somehow, some way, it put me down two spots instead of one, because I don't. I don't even remember much about it. I just know. Well, if you would have, if you would have been in mine and uh, Justin's side of the league, you would have had a playoff spot. Like you had the same. I, th- I think you had the same wins as Justin, and since I got that tie, it put me right above Justin. And so it's just like. Because I th- didn't you beat did you beat Justin in the last in the last week of the season I did yeah like so yeah you would you would have had the you would have had the tiebreaker and so you would have made playoffs so yeah, there was so, so many situations where you would have made it but because that tie put me up somehow and you down you got screwed yeah so from what I from what I remember is that if. So I, I already beat Patrick earlier in the season, so I won the, I would have won the tiebreaker against him because I was half game mm-hmm. behind him every single week after that. I would have I would have technically beaten you, so I would have had the tiebreaker over you. And mm-hmm. me beating Justin the last week would have put me over him, I think. Somehow, some way I was going to the playoffs and there was no question about it until this tie came around. Now I, I kind of put blame I mean, my team I thought was pretty good until injuries happened. The the big thing that I just did was hold on to them too long. Like I held on to DeAndre Hunter for like weeks yeah. on until I just like gave him away in some garbage trade. But I mean, I I don't know. I had I had the the, the problem of holding on to players for too long, and I think that because there was a stretch right that I was like one and three in like yeah, one. so that really screwed me over and. I lost the week of the all-star break as well but i mean it is what it is it was a fun league and certainly, yeah certainly the circumstances will not happen again hopefully but anyway. yeah <laughs> i just need to not make uh, garbage trades um that's my main issue i like i'm good at drafting i'm good at uh picking up people from the client the waivers and everything but I can make some garbage trades. Oh my gosh! Like Those I traded, running. I traded Zion for Donovan Mitchell in the beginning. That was literally the first day trade, and and my the main thing going through my head is I don't want Zion to be injured. Well, it turns out Donovan Mitchell screwed me over because in the playoffs he was hurt for like a month at the end. Yeah. I I couldn't even like. I couldn't even come close. And then I made the trade with you, which Ant ended up being a really good. But Victor, oh, 
Victor Oladipo, <laughs> man. Victor Oladipo. Um, I, I think I somehow trade. I don't know how, but I traded Victor Oladipo and Stephen Adams for Vucevic. That's just so that. Course. Which that that came in my favor back again. So I was like, okay, I got this. Like, if I can just beat Justin, whose team was injured as hell, like I'm like, I think I could beat Tanner. And what ends up happening? Donovan Mitchell hurt. Jeremy Grant hurt. Uh, Valanciunas hurt. Uh, Fred Van Vliet hurt. And I'm just like, all my players are dropping like flies, and it's just couldn't even put up a chance, even with a. Even with like half of Justin seems injured, he still throttled me. Yeah, he had uh, Jamal Murray. I know that was a, that was a big one for him. But yeah, for those wondering, the full trade was Victor Oladipo, who I <laughs> you can consider this a steal for myself. I traded him for Dylan Brooks, which <laughs> I thought was a steal because Oladipo's name value and he was going to end up going somewhere else anyway, and. Anthony Edwards, who I don't remember how I got him, but I mean, I still see him as like a Walmart Donovan Mitchell. But I mean, he he cleaned up well at the end of the year. But I mean, he really I got did. Devin Booker in return. <laughs> well, can't really, the thing can't is, really beat that. The thing is, Devin Booker all season he would play like two game stretches where he'd get me like fifty points, and then the next two games he'd get like twenty. And I'm like, you know what? Like, I'll just take a risk. And then he started playing out of his mind and dropping 60 bombs every night. And I'm just like, what did I do? I don't... Well, just in I just general, the fact that Oladipo never played again in the regular season. And probably, he might miss all of next year. So just he, the he fact played, that I gave you someone who ended up having zero value is just... He played three games. And in those games, he got 14 points in total. And that was when I realized, oh no, I screwed up. And then he didn't play a single game. Yeah, I don't even think he made his Heat debut. I don't, I don't know. He didn't make it for two weeks or for like a week after you gave him to me. And I'm just like, it's okay. like, Because he had like a head cold or something. I'm like, that's okay. It's just a head cold. It's not like that's going to affect that much. He'll be fine. Worst trade I've ever made. I've made some really bad trades. Yeah, I'm very cautious about my trades. I wasn't really making any until, like, I was just picking off some people, like, at the bottom. Like, I think I traded Seth Curry, Wendell Carter Jr. for Malik Beasley, and I think Norman Powell. Beasley was garbage. He didn't play a lot of games. And I think, I think that's when I flipped him. I think I flipped him for, like, Terry Rozier. And that's a steal, in my opinion, when you, when you give up. Two garbage guys. And he was good at the end of the year. Like, he was playing like a borderline all-star at the end I of the year. I can't remember who had him, but I know I was trying to get Terry Rozier for, like, a long time. I think I think Justin had him. And he was trying to get Donovan Mitchell literally all year long. And I was just like, dude, give me Terry Rozier. Because he was trying to just trade up Jamal Murray for Donovan Mitchell just straight up. And I'm like, no, I want Terry Rozier and one other player for Donovan Mitchell. Like, they don't have to be good, but, like, give me one other player. And he wouldn't do it. Which, I mean, I'm glad I didn't do Jamal Murray for Donovan Mitchell because that would have just been terrible. But, 
it is what it is now. Next year. Yeah, for sure. I'm definitely excited. I hope the playoffs are reduced. That's the one thing. 16 teams with yeah. only four teams making it. Like, my stretch at the end of the yeah. year was awful. I was playing, like, everyone who was terrible. And then Justin, then, you know, came to the point where it didn't matter at the end of the day. But Yeah. No, I – the one player I wanted – I'm hoping that we get, like, the same – the draft order that we, like, got placed in, like, one through whatever – I'm really hoping I can pick up Jokic. He's the one player I've wanted literally every single season, but I couldn't get him. And then I can't remember who got him. I think it was Sam. And I literally would, I tried to get in contact with him. I tried to, I tried everything I could, but he wouldn't respond. And then he just wouldn't, he wouldn't accept or decline my traits. So I didn't know if he wasn't even looking at them. So I'm like, I just want Jokic. I don't care about anything else. I just want Jokic. I remember for like a solid like two weeks, I was trying to form like the best two white players in the league. And I already have Luka Doncic. And I, I did my best efforts to get Nikola Jokic. And I think I offered like Bam Adebayo and somebody else. And he, he did the same thing, actually. He just didn't yeah. respond. I, I was very upset because I also wanted Luka. I, I don't know what those two players are probably two of my favorite players in the league just because they're triple double machines and they're just fun to watch. I don't, I don't know why like they play slow, but like it, it's nice. I guess they don't just jack up shots like James Harden. Yeah. They're what's the word that I'm thinking of. They like they're like more like play by play kind of players where like I don't know. Not only like the offense runs through them, but they're the ones in complete control and they play like they're in complete control, sort of. Like like they yeah, they set the pace, they're making all the plays and you know, they're in the driver's seat. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I, I think I get what you're saying. Yeah. I did have one question though, because there was at one point in that group chat where a bunch of photos were spammed and Patrick sent one video. You were in an overtime video? Yes, I was in an overtime video. Can we get a can we get a backstory for that? Yeah, so uh senior year, um I at that this point I decided, okay, I'm just gonna go to college just for school. Like I could have probably gone somewhere at like and played but I figured well basketball is not it's not going to take me to the NBA right like why break down my body and I'll just go for school um and then I got a call and they're like for my old AAU team they're like hey we need somebody we need a big guy to play can you come play with us for like the spring and summer and I'm like okay it'll be fun so um played the spring I think that clip was in no, it, I can't. I think it was like almost that summer, like at the end of spring. Because um, I remember kids at school just being like, you're famous. <laughs> and so I uh, I remember that the, that guy, one of our, the guy who got dunked on made a terrible pass and got it stolen. And he get he's getting back as, um, I think his name is Josh Hart. Um, he's just going and you you see him just like take that stutter step and I'm like, and I'm trailing just thinking, 
well, maybe maybe if he misses, I'll get the rebound. And I just see him take him that stutter step. I'm like, my guy's about to just get yammed on. And he goes up there. I'm like, don't jump, don't jump. He goes up there, just slaps him in the face. And I'm just like, gets just absolutely his soul snatched. And I was just in shock. Like, I think you saw my face in that video. I, uh, cause there was a camera dude right there and he just like, cause I was right there and I look up and I'm just like, I look to the camera and the dude just pans right to me and I just go, just like <laughs> astonished. And then that was right where it just cut right there. And like, it was funny because it was, that video went on overtime. That dunk itself went on sports center. Um, mm. It, it was a really big dunk. Like, and I was just on the end of it, just like people just being like, that dude just at the end is just hilarious, the face he makes. Like, there were some like mean comments though. Like, uh, some dude just like captioned, just like that guy at the end, I'm only here because uh, for extracurriculars for my college or something like that. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh my gosh. Like, these guys are brutal on Twitter, man. Like, holy crap. But it was a super cool dunk. Uh, I feel bad for my teammate, though. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's something. When they were explaining it, I was like, there's there's different possibilities. Well, there, there's two, like, main possibilities. You were either the one dunking on someone or getting dunked on. I didn't think when... Patrick actually sent the video that you were the one just standing there just going, oh my God. And I'm like, that's hilarious. I'm surprised I didn't. I mean, I've seen like a shit ton of videos on the internet, but I don't think I've seen that one beforehand. But it's insane. Yeah. It was on SportsCenter. How, how did it feel? How did it feel to be famous for, uh, I guess, a, a good month as, you know, the man on the side? It felt it, it felt like pretty cool. Like 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 I said, I walked into school and everyone's just like, Brian, you're famous or everyone calls me Big Country because that was my nickname. But um they just go, You're famous and I was like, because I woke up that morning not having no clue. Like I had no clue it was posted anywhere and walked to school and everyone's talking about it. I'm just like, What do you mean? They just show me the clip. I'm like, I didn't realize I even made that face. Like it was it was it was pretty dope. Like I, I I wish I was the one dunking on someone, but like oh, of course. Like I feel like anyone thinks that though, but Yeah, for sure. So I guess it's a good transition to NBA basketball when the playoffs are happening. Do you yeah. have a favorite team that's either in or not in the playoffs? Uh I'm a jazz fan. Oh I've uh then. Yeah, it really is. It's it's been great. Um, I I I've been kind of shocked to see that. Uh, like, cause they haven't made that many team like player changes since last year. So I think the main thing that uh, has been uh, keeping the, them t on top is that Mike Conley isn't playing like a garbage player this year. Cause they traded for him and like. You, uh, you know Logan Evans from our fantasy team. And me and him are both Jazz fans. Um, and 
we're just like, dude, this is going to be awesome. Mike Conley is going to be great on our team. Like, it's going to be great. Mike Conley, like, the only time he did anything good was last year in the playoffs when he got a triple-double, like, for two games in a row. And other – actually, that might have been two years ago. Damn. Um, but, like, he hasn't done anything good until this season. And it's, like, it's it's good to see the trade actually, like, paying off, I guess. But other than that, I mean, love to watch Jokic. But only reason I really like the Nuggets is because Jamal Murray and uh, Jokic duo – yeah, I remember. So, who was the starting point guard before Conley? Was it? Did Emmanuel Mouyer come from? No, it was. Well? It was uh, Ricky Rubio, I think. Wow, I didn't yeah. remember that because I knew yeah, you guys was... drafted Exum and he was garbage. But yeah, so it was Exum, Ricky Rubio, and then they would uh, have Donovan Mitchell play point guard. And they would always do a lot better when Mitchell was playing point guard. But, um, yeah, other than that, like, Exum was pretty garbage. Like, I'm glad they finally got rid of him. Like, holy crap, they've been saving their sweet time getting rid of him. And then Rubio had, like, a few good games in the playoffs one year. But other than that, it's, like, it's kind of bad. Yeah, for sure. I remember the trade itself was like, I don't want to say it was like a steal because the contract was so big. And like, that was, that was the biggest thing probably out of like the whole thing. When like, I remember comments seeing like, oh, the Jazz just traded for an average point guard worth $40 million. And I'm like, well, yeah, you know, that's not entirely wrong, but it's definitely a position they needed. What'd you guys give up? Yeah. Probably a first round pick. I remember Grayson Allen. Yeah, it was Grayson Allen. A first round pick. I looked this up. I want to say that Dante Exum was shipped somewhere else for it. I can't exactly remember, but I do know it was. I'm pretty sure it was a first round pick in uh, Grayson Allen for like ninety percent. I want Grayson Allen one hundred percent, obviously. Um. He's been doing actually really good. I'm, yeah. Like here, I have it up actually. Jay Crowder, Kyle Corver. I didn't even know they played for Utah. And then two. Yeah, Jay Crowder picks. played for him. And then, um, trying to figure out who this pick turned into because one of them was that year. Yeah, I totally forgot. 2019 draft. Yeah, Jay Crowder literally played. I think two years for the Jazz. Maybe it was one, but all I remember is thinking, take Jake Crowder out of the game. He's garbage. Because so he just wouldn't do anything. You guys actually gave up the pick for Darius Baisley that I guess somehow went from Memphis to the Thunder. Oh, okay. Huh. Interesting, Weird. Interesting. Yeah. What did you think of game one for Mitchell not playing, but you know, still not being able to pull it out? Uh... He was uh, – I actually wasn't able to watch all of it, but I saw clips and highlights. And I woke up this morning and I just – because last I heard, Donovan Mitchell was playing. So I think he was a late scratch. Um, but 
for Mitchell not playing, I don't think it's a bad performance. Like, losing by three is isn't ideal, of course, but like, I don't think that with Donovan Mitchell playing, I don't think there's any way that the Grizzlies win the series. Yeah, I would agree. I don't think it's, you know, that they're going to lose. Because I've heard all the talk that a lot of people are comparing this Jazz team to the, I want to say the 2017 Atlanta Hawks. Now nah, that's too late. Maybe 2016. Whenever, the, whenever they got swept by the Cavs in the Eastern Conference Finals as the one seed. But I keep seeing oh, people yeah. compare them to that team. and That was know, the I, team I, with... Uh, Paul Millsap and uh, they had like four borderline all stars. It was like oh Al Horford all star year, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fifth okay, team. yeah, yeah. And then like Damari Carroll is like the fifth starter, but yeah. Uh, I mean, I can kind of see the idea that like you don't have like you know because most one seeds have like you know at least one one top five player, maybe one top ten player borderline, and obviously Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert aren't those kind of players. So I can see the comparison. I just, you know, they'll win that series and they'll play the winner of uh, Clippers, Mavericks. I mean, yeah. I, I think I think they have a good path to the Western Conference Finals. I think you know whoever yeah. they meet up with, they'll obviously have a good series. But I just, I mean, obviously you, you never want to lose a game, but it, I mean, there's nothing to really like freak out about in, in my in my yeah. opinion. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I I, I guess I see the like comparisons because it's like everyone always talks about oh to win a championship you need star power, like, and I've had this conversation I think with Patrick, like he always says that Donovan Mitchell isn't a real star, and I always tell him, okay. I guess he's not like what a so-called superstar, like someone like LeBron, I guess. But like, I think he's definitely a star. Like, he has he has the tools and capabilities to be that that star that can carry that team in like the desperate moments. But he also has the team behind him where, like, he can rely on them. Like with Rudy Gobert, Bogdan, um, Bogdan. It's Bogdanovich, right? Is it Bojan or Bogdan Bogdanovich? I, the names are so familiar. I think it's... One of them's on the Hawks and one of them's yeah. on the Jazz. One of the two. Um, has um, Jordan Clarkson off the bench. Um, there's just so many good... I think Derek Favors. Um, there's just so many like solid to really good players that even if Donovan Mitchell isn't having a good stretch in the game... He can rely on his teammates, and I think that's where it differs from someone like the Lakers, right? Like, without AD, LeBron can't do it. Like, like I honestly, like, whatever, like, the Lakers are good just because of LeBron, but, like, if one of those two isn't playing, that team is not winning. There's no way. Like, I, I don't know. I guess, I guess I'd prefer to see, like a team that has really good chemistry than a team with superpower. It's like, go back to what? 2014 Spurs. I, I don't think they had a superstar. Right. 2014 Spurs. I think oh. that, I think it was the 2014. It, it, I, it was the Spurs that beat, uh, 
LeBron when he was with the Heat. I think it was Tony Parker, uh, Ginobili, Ginobili. Um, yes, they did win the finals. Kawhi. In five games against Miami. Looking at yeah. the roster. I mean, you. I mean, you can make the argument that they they didn't really have like a legitimate star because no one averaged over seventeen points per game, but they did have six scores in double figures, including no. They had nine players who averaged more than eight points, so I think that's certainly something. Yeah, Tony Parker was the leading scorer with only 16 points per game, and yeah, Tim Duncan was 37 and only averaged 15, slightly under 10 rebounds and around two blocks per game. I think that was the Kawhi coming out party. Yeah, when I think it was. Really, yeah, I'll, that I'll was his first that. Finals MVP, I think. It's just to me, it's like I'd rather have a team that is plays as a team than some than a team that needs one or two players to play out of their mind to even have a chance at winning. Yeah, and I think that's what the Jazz is. Yeah, I think I I would still roll with the argument that I think you do need star power to win just because it's been a long time since we've seen it not happen. I mean like yeah. Kawhi Leonard in his first year with the Raptors just pulled off an insane run and I witnessed it firsthand as a Sixers fan of how much he literally carried the team on the back. I mean Kyle Lowry who was arguably the second best player on that team would just play awful sometimes. Like Yeah, that is very true. And they would still pull out, you know, five point wins because Kawhi as a closer is just insane. I mean he's you know one of the best isolation players in the league, along with, you know, James Harden and Kevin Durant, all those guys. He's he's right up there. And I think that's one of the big reasons why they won. I'd say on top of, you know, the Warriors injuries as well. But, I mean, they they were in it. I think they even won game one, if I'm, re- if I'm remembering correctly. It's, it's, the Raptors? It's definitely something I should double check. I think they did. The game I, was at least close. I, I, remember, I remember that. As soon as I saw KD get hurt, I'm like, the game is over. Like, the uh, Raptors the, are in, Injuries like that are insanely disgusting because like you could see like his whole calf just like oh yeah it just you could see it just shockwave up his calf oh my gosh trying to double check i shockingly have never had any super devastating injuries in my life i've never even broken a bone actually oh really I've uh I've broke my thumb right before playoffs. One of my teammates broke it in warm-ups before a game. Uh, my sophomore year in high school, um, the seniors were pretty pissed because my mom made me uh, get a cast on it because she's like, it's your thumb. Like, it's not like it's your pinky. Like, if it was your pinky, oh, well, you can just tape it to your other fingers. Like, it's your thumb. Mm-hmm. You need to take care of it. So, and then tend to roll my ankles, but... Other than that, like, not very injury prone, I guess. Yeah, I've only ever had like serious ankle issues just by rolling all the time. But yeah, the Warrior, or excuse me, the Raptors did win Game One. They won by nine, and then Golden State won the next one, and then they only won one other game. They actually lost by one. Uh, the Raptors did in Game Five, but that was uh, pretty much after they went down. They pulled off a game, and Jesus, Kawhi in this series averaged. 
28 points, nearly 10 rebounds, two steals, and a block. Damn. Didn't really shoot that well, but I mean, like, it's the kind of players you need, the kind of player you need at the very least. And I think it's certainly, you know, I think that's something Donovan Mitchell can be, you know, as, as a volume scorer. Yeah. I just I just don't, you know, I haven't seen it, so I, I, I can't say that that's what he's going to be. But, yeah, I mean, even if he doesn't, I think he has a, a really good surrounding cast around him, and especially, like, you could put – Jordan Clarkson in the, in the closing lineup, and you know he'll get you a couple buckets. Mike Mike Conley as well, Joe Ingles. I mean, you know they they have it all. Rudy Gobert is a really good defensive anchor, even if I'm not a big yeah. fan of him myself. Oh, you don't like the you don't like the Eiffel Tower? No. What is there a reason for it? Or well, there I could say there's there's a lot of different reasons. So when the Sixers played Utah and Ben Simmons dropped 42. That was yeah. one big reason because, I mean, as Rudy Gobert, you have one job against a player who can't shoot and just guard the That's paint. true. Yeah. And he just, just did it, couldn't do it, I guess. Yeah. The COVID thing, obviously, just, you know. Oh, yeah. That that <laughs> that's un- that was really unfortunate that he did that. Yeah. yeah. I, it, he shouldn't have been joking around about it, but, oh, gosh. Yeah, I'm also just not a fan of his. Um, how do I phrase this? Play style. I mean, I, I I like the idea that he keeps it simple. I think just like like how like immobile he is. Like, oh yeah, if, he... if he's if he's like anywhere outside like six feet of the rim, he's like yeah. in his own world, and it's just like I, I feel like you have to be at least like a little more dynamic than that, but. I mean, he's earned his paychecks and he's done yeah. fine enough. So that, that's just something I, I watched. I'm just not crazy. Yeah, no, I, I get that. Like, I like see, watching uh, Steph Curry just play with him on the outside. I'm sure you've seen that clip where he's just in the in the washer, just like it's like embarrassing. I'm like, dude, come on! Like, you're defensive player of the year, like, like two, three times. Like, come on, man. He moves like he has like cinder blocks on his feet sort of yeah except when he's just running straight on like when he when he's just trying to you know play normal defense i just i just feel like he can't do it and especially when like the league's like moving to like smaller and more dynamic Faster, centers like yeah. Bam bio nikola Jokic. like i mean his kind is phasing out like he, he couldn't last five seconds out there with, with either of those guys whatever the whatever yeah. they're doing and bam Adebayo doesn't even shoot but like he's just way more mobile and you know, moving at the top of the key is a much better playmaker as well. It's just, well, I just think Jokic just, isn't even that much more mobile. He's just is like has that good basketball IQ that it's just like oh, yeah. just makes him just such a threat. But yeah. Unbiasedly, and this is probably a hard hard question to answer. How how far do you think the Jazz go, especially with how stacked the Western Conference is? Um, no doubt they win round one. Yeah. Um. I think it will be a good series with the Clippers. Um, if the Clippers win, of course, um, I could see them falling to the Mavs if Luca pulls off some of that magic that I think he's capable of. Um, but I think if it's the Mavs, I think the Jazz win. If it's the Clippers, I think it's a good series. But I think... They might. It's hard to say. Um, 
I don't really think they match up super well with the Clippers. I think I think it's 60-40 that the Jazz win. And uh I think at least um and then I think it just depends on who they meet in the Western Conference Finals. Like I'm really hoping that the Suns just beat the Lakers right now. Um I think that'd just be great to watch. Um, I'm just trying to think who else they can meet. Who's the last series? Um, Nuggets and... Nuggets and Blazers. That'll face the winner of... Clippers, or not Clippers, Lakers and the Suns, right? Suns, yes. Um, I think there's no way that the Clippers, or that the Nuggets lose to the Blazers. Like being from Oregon, love to root for the Blazers, but like it's the same thing every year. Just can't make it to the playoffs. Dame does some Dame stuff, but never can make it that far. Um, so I think Nuggets win. I think I think if they're playing the Nuggets, they win and make it to the finals. If they if they're playing the Suns, they lose. Um, I think DeAndre Ayton matches up with Rudy Gobert pretty well. Booker and um, Mitchell line up really well. But I think CP3 is what pushes the Suns over the Jazz. 100%. Yeah. And like even, you know, last year with the roster that Chris Paul took to the playoffs and he's playing yeah. with a roster 10 times better now. And, you know, we're already seeing it. I was never... I mean, I don't even think, well, that might be a stretch. I, I, I was never, you know, once when LeBron and Anthony Davis went down, it was hard to tell who they were going to play, but I, I, was, I didn't think they'd be going to even the conference finals, maybe. I mean, they might just depending on their seating, but I've yeah. never, it's, the regular season is huge for its own reason, no matter how much you try and, you know, suppress it by resting players so much i mean we saw with the clippers last year they didn't make it to the conference finals and you know yeah everyone thought you know probably by all-star break you know they they were the team to win it all i, I was one of those people and you know it just didn't happen and that's also another reason why i don't buy into the brooklyn nets because they yeah get even more seven games i mean like let's just play the conspiracy side a little mm-hmm. bit let's say let's say brooklyn wins it all do you know how much ratings are going to crash because the narrative will be you only need seven games that your star players need to play together in order to win a championship and like every I, team's going to start copying their movement and you know i can honestly say there's one team i hate with my entire heart and that is the nets oh my god do i hate the nets they have my least favorite player in the league with James Harden. They have the player I used to love, but now really don't like it, Kyrie Irving. And then Kevin Durant, I'm I used to really hate Kevin Durant, but after watching him play, I have to give him some I have to give him some respect, so I can't say I hate him. But like that team, it just frustrates me so much. Like watching them have the D like at Jared Allen like team 
and then just like being like, oh, we're just gonna give these guys up and then just pick up these these three guys who are hopefully just gonna carry us to a championship. And it's I just hate it so much. I don't know. I I'm sure you've heard some of the stuff about how much I hate James Harden, but I actually haven't. So if you, oh, if you'd like to share. I really hate James Harden. It's mainly because of the way he plays. Um, I have said to Patty so many times that I would take Gordon Hayward over James Harden any day of the week. I know that sounds crazy, and everyone always laughs at me, but for me, Gordon Hayward is a good role player. He's a leader. Oh, he not not even just a role player. Like he came back out as a good player um, this year. Like after Celtics, like that was that was sad to watch Celtics like with yeah, his injury and everything. Yeah. Like, um, I really like Gordon Hayward. He played when he played for the Jazz. That was when I really started liking getting into NBA basketball, and uh, I kind of attached to Gordon Hayward mainly. Um, but he. Uh, he he's a leader. He's a good player. He um, he doesn't just play iso ball every single play down the court. But it's like for me, just watching James Harden just get free, just go for free throws, just like shoot threes from and that and basically not do much else other than that, other than like maybe take a few free layups here or there, or try and get a foul or. Like, it, it's just so frustrating for me to watch. Like, I don't know. I, I may be unreasonable hate for him, but, like, he's just a player I can't stand. I was trying to think of a time when Houston and Utah matched up in the playoffs and teams already did something, but I couldn't think of a time. But, I, I mean, okay. I, 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 underst- I understand the argument for it, but... The the free throw thing is is definitely something that you know you can make the argument that like it's it's ruining the league, but I mean and B does it so it's like I I, I kind of have to get on board yeah with yeah that. yeah but, yeah I get that yeah James Harden is I would actually consider like one of my favorite non Sixer players just because. And I've I've like watched him in person a couple of times. I mean, his dribble mechanics and playmaking are just off the charts. And oh my god, some of those shots that he makes, like the double step back over Clay Thompson and Draymond Green. Like, yeah, just oh, every I time I hate like, that he ah. makes those so much. I I don't understand how he makes it, and I just like I understand why people like him. So like I, but I just I don't know what it is. I can't stand it. Like. <laughs> I don't know. It, he, I guess he's just that player for me that I just like. I feel like almost everyone has one player that they just hate, whether they have a reason for it or not. But, I can also see like him and his like inefficiency. I mean, like he would like get like triple doubles with turnovers. Like I, I remember when that was a big thing, and the defense too. I I totally forgot about that. All the yeah, his defense is terrible. Yeah, it's it's improved a little bit. I would say his his advanced statistics 
are actually not terrible, but I, I know statistics are something, especially when it's like not the just basic ones that, you know, some people take them with a grain of salt. Some people are like yeah. head first into them. So, I mean, I I really I really like him for, for those reasons. And oh, I just remembered another one. The, the Ricky Rubio ankle breaker. Oh my God. Insane. I mean, there's there's got to be more. One of my favorite James Harden highlights actually is this is this is a much older and less common one, but he does a it was against the Spurs. He does a backdoor cut and then dunk on some random white guy, and that was just that was like one of my first like favorite NBA highlights. So I guess that's yeah. where the the James Harden love falls for me. But I mean, in terms of the player that I don't like, just you know, I'm for just my own reasons. That's I've I've never been crazy for Westbrook. I mean, I I, I you know give him respect for you know recently breaking the triple double record, averaging yeah. triple double multiple years. But you know, you watch those games and it's like he plays with Stephen Adams, who like gives him the rebounds. Yeah, well, and yeah, like yeah, you know, it's and he's he's never been a good three point shooter. That that's the big thing for me. But he still shoots it all the time, and they're not even like good shots. Like I'll give credit to Giannis for shooting open three pointers and missing. But like Westbrook will have like the defender like you know, a foot in front of him and he'll just pull it. And it's like, that's not a good shot for, for, you know, the kind of play you are like for Curry, you know, whatever, do what you want. But yeah, Curry can shoot from Curry could shoot from three quarters court. And I'd still, they say that's a better shot than most of the shot that Westbrook takes. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I, that's... I, I can agree with you though. It's Westbrook is definitely not my favorite player. And I would say recently, I guess Kyrie Irving too, to an extent. I've never grown, like, never been like crazy for because I mean, Cleveland Kyrie Irving was insane, and the, the finals run was insane as well. But like, oh yeah, Boston Kyrie Irving, I couldn't stand. I, I think he really kind of dismantled that organization. But I mean, they were they were lucky with all the young players and that it wasn't happening like now. Then he goes to Brooklyn, and it's like I don't, I don't know. It seems like he just doesn't care for basketball nearly as much which you know i i you know i have respect for that obviously you know basketball is is bigger than just the sport itself but like at, at the end of the day it's your job and you you know as a person you have to fulfill your job i mean you're getting yeah. paid millions of dollars and sometimes it just seems like his his effort is just isn't fully invested into the team and you know now yeah. it could it could maybe cost them you know their only opportunity maybe i don't know lot still has to to be determined but i mean and play style wise like obviously a highlight machine in terms of his handles one of the the best in the league if not best all time but outside of that i mean he's an average playmaker he i don't know defensive liability you could say or, or at least average enough to where he can you know hide it but that's about it I'm trying to think of other players. There's one more I'm missing. No, I totally agree on the Kyrie. I used to really like Kyrie in Cleveland. And then as soon as he got to the Celtics and basically was just destroying the chemistry, I was just like, I, I just lost all my respect for him. And then he said stuff about thinking flat earth, earth was real. And oh, I'm like, dude. I was like, okay, man, like you can say what you want, but like, Everyone in the earth, everyone on the world knows that you're wrong. But yeah, it's, uh... 
That's definitely weird. I can't think of the. I mean, Ke- Kevin Durant to the Warriors. I'm sure everyone hated him for that. And I was yeah. certainly big on that too. I, I I still think his his rings are worth no more than cardboard and his own. Yeah. Way. I mean, every everyone else was there because you know they were already there. But it was yeah. him choosing to go there was, I think, just fabrication to make people shut up about him getting a ring. But I mean, people it was, still won't shut up. It was so soft. Yeah. Such a soft move. He had he had Russell Westbrook, who I mean. Like we said, it's not my favorite player, but like he's still a good player. Like he, they were he, one win away from going to the finals. Yeah, seriously, they were up three one, and then they choked, and then he went to the team that they lost to, and it just is like, come on, dude! Like you don't see Steph Curry going to the Cleveland Cavaliers after he, they lost. Like, <sighs> I still can't think of the player. I mean. Kyle Lowry, I've never really liked, other than just the fact that he went to Villanova, which is college not far from where I'm from. But yeah, he, he doesn't really stand out in ways like other point guards do. No, he's just pretty. He's kind of like basic, I guess. Yeah, I liked him like, better like when a, like it was him and Demar. Basic. Yeah. Yeah. I still can't think of a player. I recently have lost a lot of respect for LeBron. Um, That's fair. I used I used to really like LeBron. Like Justin used to just talk hella trash on LeBron, and I'd be like, "Hey, man! Like LeBron's really good. Like, like I I I have a lot of respect for him. Like he plays really hard and like all this stuff. Like, and this was like when I was getting in, into the league, like and like watching it like back." Like, I think one of the first playoffs I, like, legitimately just was, like, really into was when he came from the 3-1 deficit. Like, and I was just like, wow, this is crazy. He's so good. And then just, like, even last – it was last night, right? Where he just flops like that. Like, Chris Paul isn't – like, like dude, you're friends with Chris Paul. He's not going to do that to you. Like – and then he started a fight, and Harold got ejected, and I was like, "Dude, like, and then, what was it the other night? He got poked in the eye, yeah, and was... he was laying there for like thirty seconds. And it's like Kevin, even Kevin Durant got like basically just like, I don't know if you saw it. Um, he, I can't remember whether he went up for a dunk or he was trying to block a dunk or something, and he just like landed really weird, and like." Kevin Durant just got right back up. And it's like LeBron gets poked in the eye and is laying there for like however like 30 40 seconds and then I I don't know man. It, it it's just so frustrating to watch him over these past like year or two. Yeah. So what's most funny is that I consider myself a multi-sports fan, so when they yeah. interact with each other, it's interesting. So have you seen the photo. So there was an MLB player on the the Mets recently who took a 94 mile an hour pitch to the face. I saw that. Yeah. Yes. And a lot of MLB meme accounts were clowning LeBron because. So I guess someone had the time on their hands to time how long his name is Kevin Pillar was on the ground for, and time how long LeBron was on the ground for after getting smacked in the face by Draymond Green, and. 
I, I, I assume it's accurate because I'll just, you know, take their word on it. Kevin Pillar, after taking a 94 mile an hour pitch to the face, was on the ground for 36 seconds. LeBron, after getting poked in the eye, was on the ground for 80 seconds. Oh my gosh. So for me, that like that <sighs> sums it up, like my decreased love for LeBron, just because it's it just wow. seems like it's it's becoming more like a nightly basis to where he's just overreacting about an injury or overreacting about a call. And it's, you know, it's interesting for these players because I'd never once seen them. And even with, you know, the, the challenge you can do once per game, I still like, what is complaining like really like get you like nowhere. Like I've, I've, I've never seen, you know, Maybe once, like I, I can think of a call, but like when a, when a player disagrees with the call and they go screaming at the ref, like it only gets them a tech or it gets them nothing. Yeah. And LeBron's always doing it. I, I, I don't see like a lot of other players, especially star players, do it nearly as much as him, especially for the kind of calls too. It's like, come on. I, I didn't even, it was that long, 80 seconds. I guess I gave I him mean, too I much guess, credit. Yeah. Holy crap, man. Like, that is excessive. Like, have you ever been poked in the eye while you're playing? Well, no, okay. because I, I wear glasses. I've lucked out. That's, but... that's true. Well, I have. Literally what happens is you get poked, and then you're like, oh, my eye. Ow, that hurts. And then you just walk it off. Like, you yeah, don't even you go to, go to the ground. ground. <laughs> you don't. That's the thing. <laughs> that's so excessive. Oh, my gosh. That's like a minute and a half. And I'm thinking and, of the one call on oh on the the box up from Chris Ball when he he's grabbing his arm. It's like, buddy, your 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 biceps are ginormous. Like, like it can't hurt that bad for whatever he did. Like, I feel like at the least he probably could have maybe dislocated his shoulder, but like he's grabbing his bicep and not like his shoulder. Like that's yeah. It, this man is six eight. 240 he's the biggest baby i've ever i've ever seen in my life like what is a six foot dude who probably doesn't even weigh like 180 gonna do to that behemoth of a man like yeah yeah it's it's he's slowly starting to climb the list for me in terms of players that i'm not really a fan yeah. of now like i'll give him all the respect in the world for everything he's achieved in life but it's just one of those things that and he's not the only one doing it. i mean there, there are plenty of players but i i just feel like on top of him having you know one of the biggest platforms in all of basketball and just you know how he is it's it's slowly starting to climb for me but i've also never been the fan of uh Al Horford was the one player I'm thinking of, even oh. when you came to Philly. I, I I liked him in Atlanta, but he goes to Boston. And, I mean, maybe this is just Sixers bias because for, like, two years in a row, he just, you know, shut down and beat in the playoffs. And then he comes to Philadelphia. And, you know, I was never crazy for the signing. I, I thought it was questionable making a, a stretch five become a stretch four. And you know, needing to shoot the ball at a much higher clip, I just, I just didn't think at Al Horford's age he could have done it. And then he just clogs the paper and beat it. And everyone's calling for Embiid to be traded and this and that. And then he goes to 
the Thunder. Oh, this was funny. So when he got traded from Philadelphia to Oklahoma City, yeah. his sister posted something on social media and the whole city of Philadelphia just freaked out on her and said, your brother sucks. Get the fuck out of Philadelphia. <laughs> I mean, and it, it kind of just summed it up. But yeah, I he's someone I've never been a fan of just... You know, even when he came to Philadelphia, I wasn't really all excited for it. I just haven't watched him enough. Like, he's just like, in my mind, he's just like not to get significant enough to be like, oh, Al Horford, he's a player. Like, like I think whenever I think of the Sixers back then, I would always be like, Joel uh, Simmons and Tobias Harris. Like, mm-hmm. other Jimmy than Butler that, like... Yeah, Jimmy Butler for a little bit, and then J.J. Redick, I think. Yeah, and other than that, good. I don't think I could have named a single player. Well, Robert Covington, I think. But other than that, like, no way. Like, I, I'm not – I don't watch Sixers that much. Like, but I know, I know like, most, most teams at least starting five, I guess. Yeah. But I – Al Horford, I just completely forget about because he's, I don't know, he doesn't really do much for me. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's not relevant enough anymore for me to, you know, bash him all the time, but I'm just never been really crazy for him. And that's, I think, all the players that, you know, I really just not a fan of. I'm not really a fan of Giannis either, almost kind of for the same reason. I mean, He does kind of like complain a lot, a little too often. And I guess I have to give him credit because for actually willing to shoot the ball because, you know, Ben Simmons on my own team doesn't even do it at all. But I I feel like he's kind of just plateaued. And, you know, even yesterday in the Miami game, I mean, he was just missing free throws left and right. And And that's something that drives me nuts oh if as a player if you're getting paid millions of dollars you should be able to make a free throw like seriously come on man like even in college it's like you see you see players missing it's like you're getting paid scholarship money to go and miss free throws like you shouldn't be missing free throws i don't know they're but i can agree with you on Giannis. i really like Giannis. um or I like Giannis. Shouldn't say really like. Um, mainly just because of his like brute physicality. Like I like seeing a player that's willing to just go in there and just yeah. It's it's I like I like how he just like takes a, two steps, just slams it down. But like his shooting is very bad. But I mean he's working on it. Which so I'll, I'll give him respect if he can hit a three though. If he's like starts to be able to like like hit around league average and threes like he could be scary well yeah that's the same with ben simmons and yeah just as scary and you know i at, at this point like i used to wish like he'd make like one a game now i just want him to shoot it like that that's how low my expectations are for him and he he, he can't even meet that it's like year after year he's just doing something different so just lower the bar for himself but well didn't he finally make one this year 
It's like he makes like maybe three every year. What really well, drives me nuts is when so this this happened going right into the bubble. Yeah. He was in some gym and he, he posted a video on social media and he's like makes like, you know, a, a gym range three and he's like just waiting until the bubble. It's like you know, as a fan, I'm like, okay, maybe that, maybe this is it. I mean, like, you know, we're the we're the sixth seed. It's been a crappy year, but something's got to improve. Yeah. First game, the scrimmage. They, yeah, they played scrimmages. First game goes one for two from three, and I'm like, I'm a, I'm ecstatic because you know, <laughs> not not only did he make the three, but he he shot more than one. Because th- this is how it always goes with him. He'll shoot one and if he mm-hmm. misses never again uh, yeah. I, I just i just don't get it like why like like you like you have to keep shooting and then you know those eight games roll around playoffs roll around and i don't think he made another one since then now this year it's even more weird because at the end of games when they just have to chuck up shots i think he made like two well, he has five in total NBA threes in his career. I I just looked that up because I was curious. He has five. That's awful. <laughs> I just I I don't under, don't understand him. No, no, I don't think anybody does. I mean, did. You saw that uh, Embiid almost nail that uh, full quarter, right? That, oh uh, my just god! After the uh, prayer um, to win the game, the the Phoenix game, yes. Oh yeah. my god, that was. I think that was actually one of the games where Simmons just pulled a heave and made it. But oh my god, that was because I, I watched that game live because it was against Phoenix, so you know, yeah, important game. And oh my god, that was. It was insane because I think literally like it was we inches away like, from going in. Well, yeah, I mean like like if the ball didn't hit the rim so hard, it probably would have went in. Yeah. <laughs> and, it, it, and just the way he did it, I mean, catches one hand, turns. <laughs> oh my god, that yeah, and Simmons just <laughs> won't even shoot it. Inside after I mean Embiid Embiid is like I mean this is this is really embarrassing I think this season especially Embiid shot league average from three 37 percent okay wait thirty seven yeah okay okay which is pre- which is pretty good especially years prior I mean he shot thirty six percent his rookie year but then thirty thirty and then thirty three percent like that's it's like your center. Just the- yeah, that's just above one per one every three attempts. Like that's not bad. Yeah, and that's you know that's your center doing that, and your your point guard. <laughs> will like, shoot it. He, he just he, he just doesn't see the, the writing on the wall to to realize that like because I would have like me going into the playoffs this year like. Mm-hmm. There are obviously X factors, and I think he's the biggest X factor. And not even just shooting; it's just him being aggressive. And 
that's it. I think that I think you can I think the Sixers can honestly win this year as long as he's just aggressive and playing like the the third best scorer on this team because because sometimes he's just out of the mix entirely. Like yeah. I mean, even in the Washington game, I mean, he didn't really do a whole lot. He had like 15 rebounds and 15 assists. Like that's cool and all, but like he scored like nine points and was like oh six from the free throw line. Like like that's just something you can't have at all. Yeah. But he just doesn't. Just he's just blind to the writing on the wall. It just doesn't make a whole lot of sense for me. Like, I mean, if he at least shot the three, like, yeah, he could go over five every game. I'm sure people would actually play up. I'd be so much more confident in this team winning the whole thing because he is a completely different player just when he forces the defender to come and play defense on him. Like, that's all that he has to do, and he just doesn't do it. Brooklyn series, prime example a couple of years ago. Jared Dudley is, like, at the semicircle in the paint, and Ben Simmons is standing there looking to pass it to somebody. It just blows my mind, like, how he just doesn't see it. Yeah, I I don't understand Ben Simmons. Like, I don't watch that many games of the Sixers, but when I do, it's just like, it's just disappointing to watch Ben Simmons most of the time. Yeah, I... I I've lost hope in... I mean, out of high school, people are saying he's the next LeBron James. Yeah. I believed it, like... You know, in, in college, like, well, he went to LSU, so, like, it was his, – his college stats were hard to judge him, but well, – that's where Shaq went. Yeah, but I think, like, Ben Simmons' second-best player was, like – I don't even remember his name. I don't, I don't think he was a league player at all. Yeah. So, and then, like, I think his assist numbers were super low and stuff like that. But, I mean, like – LeBron James. Like, when you're drawing comparisons to LeBron James, you're excited as fuck. And I was ecstatic. I mean, he's just rounding out, like, uh, Rajon Rondo with size. <laughs> That's a great comparison. Tall Rajon Rondo. Like, it, essentially. And, uh, you know, a, a much better defender, I'd say. I mean, Rondo was really good, like, in the Celtic days, I think. Yeah, it was definitely all all defensive team at one point, but I mean, I mean, but Ben you know. Simmons can just guard every position. That's that's where I think he brings in consistent value. That's nice. But that's true. yeah, Rondo led the led the league in steals in 2010 when you know, he was around an All Star. Now he doesn't do it at all. He averages like less than one a game. But right. yeah, four time All Defensive Team. Yeah, like. I just feel like that's what he's rounding out to be. It's not, it's not really something, something that I'm special for, and not someone who I want to pay thirty-seven million dollars a year to be. <laughs> but I, I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's something else. So you got Jokic for your, or not Jokic? Uh, JoJo as your uh, MVP. I feel like I have. I feel like I have to say yes. I mean, I, if you were I, unbiased, unbiased, which one you picking? I feel like I have to say Jokic. I mean, it's 
number of games played is is obviously huge. Well, I I don't, I don't even know because you know they lose Jamal Murray and you know it, it's it's all just kind of gone. I mean, the MVP award I, I feel like has been completely misinterpreted over the past couple of years. Like like yeah. you look at like when James Harden and Steph Curry were going at it, like. What was what was the one year? I think it was Curry's first MVP where all he averaged. I I definitely have to make sure on this. His numbers compared to uh, Harden were like not anything crazy. I I want to say twenty fourteen was his first MVP. I wish. I think you're right. I wish they broke it down by years on basketball reference. But, I mean, that's the first year he was an all-star. So, I, I feel like if you're not an all-star winning MVP, then that just doesn't make any sense. So, yeah. Curry, in that one in that one year, averaged 24 points, 4 rebounds, 8 assists, and 1.6 steals per game. 42% from 3. And 88% for the free throw line. And 47% for the field. James Harden, that same year... Twenty-five points, four rebound, five rebounds, six assists, one point six steals per game. Slightly less from the free throw line. Only an average three-point shooter, and then around the same from the field. I, I I feel like it's it's so hard to determine whether like what like what exactly goes into the award every year because like you know they gave it to Curry because. You know, I, I remember a big thing was that because his team was the first seed and it's like, okay, well, that makes sense. So why isn't that applied this year? Well, then they then they bring up the argument because he hasn't played enough games. But it's like, yeah, you know, the, the, you, it's not hard to tell that the team's completely different when Embiid's not playing because then you're relying on Simmons and Harrison and they're just not legitimate stars that, you know, you could – form a team around like you, yeah. you need a perennial superstar and that's what Embiid is so you know Jokic by the numbers I, I guess you can make an argument for it because I mean double double plus like eight seven eight assists per game I mean that's that's obviously insane but you know once Jamal Murray got hurt it's like no one believed in this team anymore and you know while they they did win the game tonight you know yeah I mean, I think the thing about that is, like, um, the one thing that has has kept me going for it um, is because Jamal Murray was, was hurt, like, pretty solid chunk well, chunk of time ago, right? Like, yeah. like the fact that our, I want to make sure I'm correct in saying this. Um... Yeah, so to keep them at the three seed without like without Jamal Murray, um, to me is just a big like it's a big thing. Um, Cause who's who's their next best player? Um, Aaron Gordon. I'd probably say Michael Porter Jr. Oh, yep, MPJ. Yeah, um, which I think he stepped up and oh, yeah. he's playing really well. Um, but um, I think with Jamal Murray, these guys would be title contenders. But 
the fact that Jokic is keeping him in there is just to me just shows how valuable he is to this team. Like everyone's talking about, oh, Jamal Murray's like, like, like bigger, like as a really big part of this team, and that's true. But this just shows that Jokic is just even bigger, I guess. Like I think he's the glue that keeps that team just going. That, uh, that's that's a fair point. Um, what was I? I wish I could remember like when, like rankings were like when Murray went out because, you know, certainly you maintain them as a three seed, but I mean they might have been as high as, I mean they were they ever the one seed? No, I I don't think no. for like a legitimately long time now. They might have been for like a game or two, yeah. but I don't think they were ever. They might have been the two seed, but because um... the way I also see it is like okay, so well you look at the Lakers who have just crashed and burned since then. I mean they were they were as high as the two maybe three seed at one point. I don't think they were ever the one seed for a long time. Yeah. So like that's a team that like. Kind of fabricates their the Nuggets seeding a little bit because like let's say they're healthy then they're what the four seed Clippers have been weird yeah. you could definitely make a case so like that's like five seeds so it's like I mean I don't I mean like especially like you look at you know the input of the series between Portland and the Nuggets I mean a lot of people are okay. you know picking Denver or excuse me Portland to win and it's like it's like a pick 'em series on the betting lines. Yeah, and I—I I mean, I know that's not like a legitimate impact in terms of who wins MVP, but I just—I, you know, I—I I felt like when Jamal Murray tore his ACL, like, despite how good Jokic has been, just like all of the energy was just sucked out in terms of so, the championship hopes. So when the Nuggets when I just—I just found an article about when he got hurt. It says right here that they were the number four seed. So. They actually went up to three seed. Well, I guess that only, I mean, that, that's a good point, but I, I would also. Which I mean, that, isn't that big of a deal, but like. Yeah, but I would also say like what, the Lakers were probably the three seed and then look at what happened to them. Like, uh, the Lakers were the five seed at that point. Is it listed on that website? Yeah, it said they were uh, one, They it said they were one game below or one game above the Lakers. I think. Let me check again. Well, my argument is totally wrong. Um, is this is it. Yeah, this was it. Um, yeah, one one game above the Lakers, so that would imply that the Lakers were the five seed. Interesting, interesting. Well, then my argument's totally wrong, and. I, I'm biased to just answer your question. I, I I guess I would have to say Jokic just because for this year in particular, I'm I'm sure the number of games played is especially in you know a, a somewhat shortened year is gonna yeah. come up and I I I definitely see the argument for JoJo getting it. He's been playing extremely well, and the games I have watched where. The Sixers didn't have Jokic compared to the games I watched where they did. Just completely different team. Like, but I mean, I I think Jokic is definitely going to end up winning it. But and especially in terms of just like 
fan or like fans and like media impact it just seems like they're all favoring Jokic so and, the, and you know especially the people who get a vote you know I, I feel like that's where it'll kind of go so I mean it is what it is I just hope and you're you're not gonna like this I just hope Simmons wins defensive player of the year <laughs> yeah <laughs> I he definitely could I mean I think Rudy Gobert is still the favorite, but like as we talked about earlier, his mobility, nobody ever talks about it outside outside the paint. It's like he is he's definitely a liability out on the three point line. And the only issue is that no one ever most of the time nobody takes him out to the three point line. So it's like nobody actually like sees how bad he actually is out there. So I don't. I think Rudy Gobert is still going to win it, but honestly, Ben Simmons probably should. I hope he does because you know his versatility at one through five is just insane. I'm actually trying to pull up the uh, the leaders in blocks because I know they counted uh, Turner for number one. I just want to see where. I mean. Hmm, this is interesting. So Gobert, I'm I'm looking at leaders for uh, on Basketball Reference, and Gobert is actually number one in defensive win shares by a pretty significant margin. And Julius Randle is number two. Ben Simmons is nine. That that's interesting. Uh, Rudy Gobert is number one in defensive rating by a decent amount, and beats actually three on this list. Yes. Uh, let's see what else. I think that is one thing Embiid has over Jokic. He is not a defender. But um, is would this be his third win in a row for Depoy if he wins it? For Gobert? Yeah. No, it's not. No, right? I don't know. When did he win him? I'll look it I, up. I know he's won two. Um... Back-to-back defensive player of the year. Oh, 2018 and 2019. Oh, yeah. It wasn't 20 Giannis? Yeah, last year yeah. it was Giannis. Because he took home. Yeah. That, that's right. Yeah. So Gobert actually leads the league in total blocks and number two with blocks per game. Dang, really? And Simmons, on the other hand, Doesn't even lead his own team in steals, actually. It's Matisse Thybul, who I think should be on an all-defensive team. Maybe even you could probably make the argument for first team. I think he's severely underrated in terms of his defensive ability, and it's only being shown more. I mean, I think his impact, especially if it's likely Brooklyn assuming they beat Milwaukee, which is a tall task after what they just did to the Heat. I mean, his impact is going to be huge in terms of having to at least do his best to contain either Kyrie Irving or James Harden, whichever one he guards. But, I mean, I think realistically he should be a second team, but second team all defender, but I don't know. He definitely deserves more recognition. And I think the only reason why he doesn't is because of the fact that he like sucks offensively, which 
you know, I'll admit firsthand, he's not good at at all. Yeah. I don't even think he's like an above average three point shooter, and that's literally all he does. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. geez. Far from that. 30% from three. Dang. <laughs> that's terrible. Are you a big football fan at all? Uh, can't say I am. I, uh, I'm a soccer player. Which is surprising because I'm like 6'5", like 230, 240. They always wanted me to play football, but... No. Soccer is where it's at. I don't know how much soccer you watch, but... It's probably not much. That, that I know very little about. I do know about... Um, when I was following the, the Super League that they made it, I actually thought it was pretty yeah, interesting because yeah. I tried to uh, compare it to college bas- or like college football and like you know all the best teams, majority SEC teams, you know, making the Super Pack and including some yeah other schools maybe from the Pac-12 and this and that, but like I, the JBL, was, yeah, that was something I did find extremely interesting because you know money is obviously firsthand in most of these sports and it definitely is in soccer yeah. with these huge market clubs and all the teams moving up and down between leagues just you know based on winning so it was it was interesting has everyone pulled out of it i know at least like two or three teams have like i, mean, I haven't even, kept like, up with it that with much. at this point i haven't kept up with it enough i don't Last I thought I heard, I don't think that they're continuing it. Um, I could be completely wrong. Uh, I'm just going to say that. Uh, but I, I, yeah, I don't know. It, I think it had potential. But I think the whole reason that both like teams go in and out for how, how good, well they do in each league is basically just to keep it competitive. And I think that's like a good system, but at the same time, it's like, the obvious has, has issues because they were trying to make their own league. But I, I don't watch soccer that much. Um, basketball is the main sport I watch. Like, baseball, I, 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 I find it extremely hard to watch on television. I... Like, it's just, for me, like, I've been to an Angels game with uh, some buddies, and that was a really fun, like, great experience. But watching it on TV, I just can't do it. Yeah, I only watch, I mean, I'm more more invested into the Phillies this year than normal years just because they're trying to improve and they haven't really. I mean, there's always something disappointing about that team every single year, but. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I don't go to Phillies games too often, but I definitely see the difference in terms of actually being there rather than, you know, just watching on TV. Yeah. But, yeah, MLB is definitely interesting this year. They Six pitchers have thrown no hitters already, and it's not even June. Wow. The record in a full season is eight. So they'll have the entire summer for someone, for two people to just – to throw no hitters yeah it's insane that's actually crazy yeah 
and it's it's also pictures that like you wouldn't really expect like trying to think of like the most notable pitchers throwing a no hitter this year Carlos Rendon I guess I mean he was he was garbage all the years before I need the full list I can't I can't even remember all six names I can almost guarantee you I'm going to have no clue who any of those names are. But I am curious because that – I don't watch much baseball, but I do know throwing a no-hitter is very impressive. This website isn't doing me a good job. Um, yeah, I mean, there's there's some pitcher in Detroit named Spencer Turnbull. That's definitely someone. Corey Kluber, maybe he was a former All Star. Yeah, I'd say Corey Kluber is the most notable pitcher who's thrown a no hitter this year. Huh. I, I actually feel like I might have heard that name before. He was really good in Cleveland a couple of years ago, but now he plays for the Yankees where he's kind of kind of on his last leg. But, I mean, it's kind of being disproven with his no-hitter. But, yeah, usually in, like, years prior, like Justin Verlander, who's won Cy Young multiple times in a row, has thrown no-hitters. But this year it's just all these random guys just doing it, so I would not be surprised that record is broken. Yeah. No, I. It. How many? How long is MLB season? Hundred sixty-two um, games usually. Okay. Last year they only played sixty because. Covid stuff. Around. Yeah. Usually ends mid September, and that's when the playoffs start. Yeah, like that's a lot of games. Yeah, I. I mean, I. I, I like it for it's. So obviously, big fantasy baseball guy. Yeah, sixty games was way too short because, well, it kind of had its pros and cons. So prospects are being called up like crazy in this in the sixty game shortened season because yeah, you know you, you have to develop them and you know in the shortened season you really had nothing to lose almost. I mean certainly every game like is worth like more, but I I guess you know teams didn't really feel that and they were. Just, calling up the top prospects left and right way before many thought they would. I think this might have been the first time well, no, definitely not the first time ever, but a pr- usually it's like two to three years before you're called up. Yeah. Someone on the Red Sox who was a first round pick in 2020 played in that shortened season. Which is unheard of. I mean there's people like Bryce Harper who did it, but like you know, Bryce Harper is Bryce Harper. Yeah. MVP, I do know but, Bryce Harper. Yeah. But, you know, the, the the negative side of that is that, so for fantasy specifically, there would be certain pitchers because it's only 60 games that, mm-hmm. you know, would get hot early on. And then, you know, you're already halfway through the year. Yeah. So it wasn't hard to maintain that at all. So going into to this year, you're seeing a lot of these same pitchers like not really keep up with it. I mean, some are, and you know that's good because yeah. you know, that means they're legitimately 
good, but like you're seeing other other pitchers who just aren't doing the same thing. Like Max Fried, who Atlanta Bray is probably someone you don't know. He was looking like an ace at the end of last year, and you know this this year he had like four starts, you know, seven ERA, ended up on the disabled list, and I think now he's improving a little bit, but it's like, you know, the the short season was like really like you kind of had to take it with a grain of salt with certain things, and the same is happening with like these same young prospects who get called up, you know, super early, and you know they're in their first full season and they aren't able to keep up with it. It's, it's definitely interesting, but you know, for me as someone who follows it every year, it's really hard to tell. Like there was like an extra layer in terms of you know I have to consider how seriously I should take this player just based on a shortened season rather than just what they're doing in the minor leagues or what they're doing a full season beforehand. It's sort of almost like a summer league. It's kind of what it felt like. Yeah. No, that makes sense. It just. Like, I feel like in, even in fantasy, it'd be, like, hard to, like, if they're just calling up new people all the time, it's just, like, it'd be hard to, like, make a good, solid lineup that actually, like, is consistent. I don't know if that's true or not, but... you Usually, I mean, it, it depends on the team. I mean, some playoff teams, we're, we're still calling up prospects, but usually it's the teams that are less good who have better prospects yeah. because they're drafting higher picks more often. Yeah, that makes sense. So, it it was hard to tell, but I mean, like literally, I remember like it maybe like three times a week, some prospect was getting called up, and that's just unheard of, especially over a hundred sixty-two game season, where usually it's once a week tops, maybe a little more often, depending on you know if a team starts really good and then they kind of fall off. That's usually where it happens, or you know, there's a lot of stuff to take account of, but it was just. 2020 MLB season was very odd. How it yeah. So what's your major in college? And actually, where do you even go? I don't, I don't even think I know that. Um, I go to uh, Montana Tech. It's in uh, Butte, Montana. It used to be the richest uh, place in America. Um, now it's kind of a... Uh, Let's just call it a uh, shithole, I guess, other than the college. Um, hasn't really, the town hasn't really, uh, ever since then, when it was at its peak, it hasn't gotten any better. So it's just kind of just stayed the same or like maybe got a little worse. Um, but the college itself is super nice. Um, it's Montana Tech. Um, I'm studying mechanical engineering over there right now. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's uh, it's harder than I thought it would be. Uh, not gonna lie, um, but I just, there's like some classes that I'm like, holy crap, is this hard? And then there's other classes where it's like, wow, this is like easy. Why am I having to take this? But majority of my classes are just bonkers. Yeah, Are I you... know some people who do like engineering stuff, and it's definitely. I think. I don't know if this is true for every college, but I did see someone explaining like. Labs, I mean mechanical engineering. Are you taking a lot of science courses? I would assume. So. Yeah, almost all of them. I don't get, any, almost anything other than, like, uh, 
science classes yeah. basically I've heard like the labs science based really screwed over based on just the number of credits especially yeah. if they're worth like none at all so most labs are worth one to zero Jeez. and they're basically as much work as a three credit class and like i've had friends who were like oh yeah like because they hadn't taken many labs so like i'm just gonna do three labs like it shouldn't be that hard legit i didn't see them for two months because of all the work they had to do because of the lab work just every like because most of the time it's like when you have three labs it's like three different days that you're gonna have a lab and um each lab requires a pre a pre-lab work work during the lab and then post lab and you turn in the pre-lab before lab, you do the the um, the lab work in the lab, and then you use that lab work to like do the post-lab, and then the post-lab you turn in next class. So you're turning in two different things per each, like each session you have. So when you're taking three, that's about nine different things you have to do for just three classes. It's just so much work for almost no credit. Yeah, that's the big thing. I also was reading that, and I don't think, I, I don't know, this can't be true at every school, that sometimes yeah. your lab teacher is different from the professor you have for the actual class itself. Yeah. So um, I had it for chemistry like that. Um, basically, my chemistry teacher taught chemistry lecture and then since I'm mechanical engineering, I had to do chem I had to do chem one and chem two, and then I also had to do the lab chem one chem one lab and chem two lab. Uh, the the lab teachers were was a different teacher than both chem one and chem two. And the thing is is that I it's like this for I think uh, like other labs too. Um, not all labs, but some of them. I had a different lecture period. So I had three days, three days a week. I had chem, I had chem lecture just for the class itself where I do tests, quizzes, homework, stuff like that. And then for my lab class, I had lecture like on a different day. And that was like an hour and a half of them explaining, oh, here's what we're going to do in lab. And that sucked. Um, but I think that's for a lot of them. Um, I know for some classes it's it's not like that because they kind of explain what you're doing in the normal class. Like I took circuits, um, which I'm assuming you know what circuits are. Yeah, the stuff yeah, like electricity and yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, um, and so the lab just goes along with the lecture. Like, so you don't have a separate lecture for it, but a lot of them like you do actually have a different teacher for it. and it's, it's really weird especially in terms of like trying to connect you know yeah lab to lecture like it's just not even the same person or even like yeah you know we have like ge's here who yeah like kind of help but it doesn't sound like that's the same kind of connection for these labs yeah, no, they have like, 
I, I guess the TAs can be helpful, but like, yeah, I think I have, I have to take two labs next semester, one for circuits because I couldn't get into the circuits lab last semester. And then, um, I know my physics lab is going to be, have a different teacher than who I'm learning it from for the lecture. Yeah, that's... So I, yeah, it's not going to be fun, but I hope it's going to be doable. Yeah, I'm a journalism major, major, so science yeah. to me is something I try and stay as far as away from. I mean, I'm, I'm banging out all all of my science gen eds now just because, like, I feel like it's so much easier to take it online than in person. Yeah, you and, yeah, I got Google too that can help you. Yeah, if you need to. Yeah, and even that is just like a pain and yeah. just something. I've always tried to stay away from. So I give a lot of credit for anyone doing these crazy, like human physiology is a popular one here that includes Ooh, all these yeah. crazy labs and, you know, anything engineering is, you know, insane. So I give a lot of credit to those people. What exactly would you like to do with that degree? Because I, I feel like there's a lot you can do with it. So the one that I'm mechanical, what I'm doing with it is honestly, I don't really know. Like, there's a lot of things I can do with it. Um, whether I work on rocket ships to manufacturing uh, pharmaceutical drugs to uh, even just like working, um, even just working, um, like being like the head engineer of like a construction company or something. Like, there's, there's, it's just so generalized. Like, like may like I know somebody who wants to go into the cosmetics and design perfume bottles, like it's it's just so broad. It's it's crazy, and to only to be making almost like most most people end up coming out uh, from my school. Um, av I think average pay for mechanical like out out of grad graduation is about eighty k. So it's. It's definitely very lucrative, but there's definitely been times when I'm like, what am I doing to myself? Like, this is terrible. So, do you, yeah. Do you think that because it's so generalized, because there's so much you can do with it, does that make it harder? Because you often don't feel like it's like being like catered to you. Because I feel that in journalism sometimes when I'm writing an assignment on some random news article, it's like, I don't want to do news at all. I want to do sports. And, you know, there are some classes where, like, if I have to write a general essay about something, I can curve it to what I want. But sometimes, you know, you can't and the prompts are strict and you have to write it about this. So, like, do you feel that in some oh, classes? Yeah. Like, one of the, my biggest, like, things that sometimes makes me want to switch is at this point in my classes, it's like I don't feel like I've learned anything that I can use in the real world. And it's like... It just doesn't feel like I'm connecting with it right now. And it's 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 maybe doubt myself like a lot, but like it and it is frustrating because what I'm doing and I've I've heard from every like almost everyone at the school, they're like they always say, Oh, mechanical is the hardest at the school because you literally have to be so generalized in everything that you have to know everything about any little field right so it's mm -hmm. like one of the um specialized um 
things is petroleum engineering out at my school, which is like tech is like one of two or three places in the U.S. that offers it. And petroleum engineers, basically, they just work with oil. And while they make like like I know a bunch of petroleum engineers and they're in their specialized classes and they're learning about what they're doing, like already, like how what they're like, how the oil that they're working with is going to like how the physics works of it and stuff like that. And it's like they're basically learning about their job right now. But like the downside to doing something like that would be basically they get paid like even out of out of college they're getting paid like 130 grand a year like and that's like on the low side but one issue is they have to live in a shithole like north dakota where all they are all that all that's around them is oil oil fields and that's it and then the other thing is that their job pay depends on the price of oil if oil prices go down their salary goes down and so for me i just feel like it's worth it to be generalized so you can just oh uh i want to do this well this field is really starting to plummet maybe i could hop into this field that's on the rise so i guess the like the difficulty for like reward is called like worth it i guess but it general generalized classes just suck i'm just gonna say it i was kind of in that same boat with so i eventually wanted to be a sports management major because i really wanted to you know work for a sports team and over time you know after talking to people who are in sports management it more just felt like you know i might i might as well just be better off like getting a business degree because of how flexible you could be with it. Like petroleum engineering sounds like, you know, you know, you graduate and it's like, well, what if I don't want to work with oil anymore? Like I'm just sick and tired of oil. And it's like, you know, you can't just apply to some other engineering related job because, you know, they'll look and see your degree and it says petroleum engineering and not, you know, something more general. So that's, you know, when I considered, you know, just being a business major and then that eventually changed to being a journalism major and, but, you know, I, I can kind of see the, the benefits in terms of, you know, while my degree name might be so general, like I can still already be predetermined of what I want to do. That's a much smaller field, right, when I get out of college. So it, it's nice to kind of have that flexibility because I think the statistic was that I think only 20% of sports management majors are still in their field like five years after they graduate. Dang. Yeah. So that really like opened my eyes to being like, well, you know, those odds are kind of stacked against me and you know, that could change any day. Like I obviously can't predict the future, you know, might be so into it now, but you know, only five years, like that's not a long time. So yeah. You know, I'm really happy where I am and, but, you know, I'm glad that I've talked to a lot of people to help me also make my own decisions because, you know, if I didn't have that, I'd probably be a sports management major at Temple University right now. Yeah, no, it's, it's, 
I guess it's nice to be generalized because my whole thing is it's like, well, I'm not entirely sure what I want to do. Like, so this just gives me options, I guess. And that's nice, but. Yeah, definitely having options is nice because, I mean, I'm a huge sports fan right now, but I'm also a huge music fan. If I want to do music journalism or whatever, could hop right into that any day I want. And, I'm, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm still feel pretty equipped to be able to do that. So, yeah. Is the mu- is the field is music journalism like big? Like I so, I don't think I've ever like read an article about a piece of music. I'm not gonna so lie. So I know like in terms of so I, there's I guess yeah, and it's just as dynamic as almost sports. It's just not as big because like you can you can be someone who reports you know, a new new album from this artist coming out or this artist coming yeah. out, you know, in a week or two. And that's that's certainly something you could probably make a living off of, you know, just doing that. But, you know, and also something that I've started to get more into is like music reviews. And that's like, yeah. like Anthony Fantano on YouTube is like soaring and, and Pitchfork, which is literally like writing articles, doing reviews is one of the, the biggest, you know, music, re- music critics, you know, probably in the country. So I, I think that is booming in itself, but I mean, it's certainly not as big and dynamic as sports as if, you know, you can do, you know, high school, college or yeah. professional, or, you know, you could do this sport or this sport or this sport, you know, you're kind of just limited to genres and that's kind of it mainly. So it's, it's something I like. I just actually recently wrote a review for Jake Cole's new album for a website that one of my dad's friends is, is a part of and he gave me an opportunity to write for them so i thought hell i'll do it and it's certainly obviously a lot different from sports in terms of the content but in, it, in terms of what you like have to report to make it readable for the viewer is yeah. extremely interesting and obviously much different than sports because i'm way more in depth with sports than i am in music i mean like certainly i I say I listen to a lot of artists and a lot of genres, but you know, I could just be a, a casual listener of all those artists or I can try my best to, you know, judge production, judge lyricism, you know, so many other different things, you know, the features coming on, the producers and writers and all this other stuff involved. And that's what I'm realizing more and more if I wanna be like a high level like music critic is that I have to whenever I listen to a new new album I have to take in all of these different factors rather than just listen to a song. Yeah. I yeah, that sounds pretty intense. I don't think I can do it considering I uh enjoy young gravy. But yeah. uh <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that was something definitely brought up and you know, I, I brought it up beforehand. If you want to make your intro song be Young Gravy, but yeah, I can say <laughs> I, I've never listened, but I think based off of Patrick's reaction from when he listened, I think I'm gonna stay away. But you know, that's I, the one nice thing about music is that it's you know completely subjective, and you know you can listen yeah. to whatever the hell you want to listen to. That yeah, it's very true. Like I could be like, I don't know. I can, for me, music is like. I know Patrick's really into Kanye West. Personally, I really do not like Kanye's West music. I was gonna, I was thinking about going back, giving it another like shot, but like something about it just like irks me. I don't know what it is. 
like but to me it just shows like everyone's got their own thing so like can't really be like oh your music taste is garbage because you like one person and not one person it's like everyone's entitled to their own opinion yeah and you know i used to be especially growing up i used to listen to all these weird artists like especially like what was on radio at the time that was that was the big thing that i spent a lot of time listening to so you know i've done a full 180 in terms of what i listen to i'm huge like alternative rap like kanye west tyler the creator kid cuddy people like that mac miller so but i mean like i said it's completely subjective and i think that's one of the nice things about music because comparing it to sports it's always about like there's never like good evidence to back up your take in music that this album yeah. is better than this album. I mean, certainly there, you know, there are obviously, you know, certain things that are like clear. Like I, I'd say, ninety nine percent of people agree that, you know, Kanye West is better than someone like the Baby. But yeah, like in terms of like talking about like who's better between like Kanye West and Drake, like there's no definitive argument that one's better than the other. That can't be agreed upon by everybody so it's it's nice that you know there's something like music to where there's kind of that space to where like certainly people can chirp back and forth all day long but it's like it's always going to be you know a question up in the air even after they stop making music because you know that's the beauty of what music is and what the music community is as well yeah so we're running about an hour 48. It's about the average episode length. Any other final questions? Be literally anything. No, I mean, I, no, I can't think of anything off the top of my head. Cool, cool. Yeah, it was a great episode. Pleasure having yeah. one again. That's all for this week's episode of the harley show i again appreciate every single one of you people who make it this far into the episode an hour 50 committing your time to listening to my voice i don't even know if i could do that myself so it's, it's cool that you know i get an average about like 20 listens 20 listens you know, awesome to see see you all next week you know back on schedule i got another phenomenal guest on former high school graduate of my class so probably a lot of high school talk so Excited for that. Thank you for all listening again. Have a wonderful rest of your week.